listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to another episode brought to you, of course, by silverscreenandroll.com. We got you covered for everything Lakers, news, stats, opinions, analysis, you name it, we have it covered. And don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. New shows drop in Monday through Friday. Uh, you can check us out iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And check us out on Twitter as well, at LakersSBN. Joining me today, guy who's been on with me many times before, always love having him on, talking a little bit of hoops, Marcus Fitzgerald, Sportsnet 650 reporter and anchor. What's going on, my man? I feel great today, Jazz. I'm sipping wine like LeBron James on the bench. I've got that big LeBron energy, so I'm very excited to be with you today. Where did the wine come from? When did you start drinking wine? I leave Vancouver, and now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're a wine aficionado. What's going on here? Well, I'm not quite a sommelier yet, but you're going to laugh at me. It's kind of a girlfriend thing. I mean, you know me. I like beer. I like my rum and coke. But the white wine has kind of crept into my rotation, my lexicon here. I don't have white wine at home, just so you know. It's not in my apartment. It's just when I'm at hers, the white wine is there. So it's it's available when I want to have a drink, and that's uh, that's that's how it got going. We're going to get into this off the air when we're <laughs> when we're done with this podcast. I'm going to question you a little bit. Come on, man. What happened to the Heinekens and the Stellas? What's going on over there? <laughs> well, you know me. You know me. If, if I have too many Heinekens or Stellas, too much beer, I go into shutdown mode. We can't have shutdown mode when, when, when we're on a podcast. That's true, that way. that's true too although <laughs> some of the listeners might 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 want us to be shut down real quick here but uh, let's jump <laughs> in through uh, i want to jump into a couple of things came out yesterday uh, christian rivas wrote about this on the website kyle kuzma uh ended up saying that he thought the lakers were forming a dynasty before the anthony davis trade but before we get into that uh some news coming out mark berman of the new york post uh ended up saying that basically and i'm quoting here the 2020 free agent pool is short on stars but there could be, and he's referring to the Knicks, could be one of the favorites for Big Fish, Anthony Davis, if the Lakers implode. Now, Rich Paul, obviously of Clutch Sports, represents LeBron James, also represents Anthony Davis, said he likes the idea of his client in New York, and that's according to a source. So, obviously, AD hasn't even played a game in the purple and gold yet. So, I mean, we're not going to, I don't know how many, how many, you know, how much there is to this, but to the bigger point of this, do you think there's a chance the Lakers could implode? Um, well, there's always a chance. I mean, uh, we saw it last year on Christmas Day. Uh, LeBron felt something pop in his groin, and after that, everything went sideways. But I think that uh, for this coming season, and I know that uh, you guys have talked about it ad nauseum on your podcasts and on your network and on the blogs and all that stuff with Trevor, and um, I think the organization has done a much better job guarding against that happening because last year it was LeBron James, and that's fantastic. But who was number two? So LeBron James goes down last year. Who's going to be the guy to step up and and put it on their shoulders and take the lead? Now I know that Anthony Davis has had some injury problems in his past. He hasn't, you know, been been durable to the point where you can trust him to play 75 games. But if one of them gets hurt, and that's the key term here, one of them, at least the other can can carry you know, the offense and carry the team for a little bit. Because when LeBron went down on Christmas, it's like, well, you know, what's going to happen now? How's this team going to figure it out? How's this team going to, you know, find a way to create offense without LeBron James? Now it's like if LeBron goes down, well, Anthony Davis is still out there and Danny Green can still hit threes and they can still guard a little bit on the perimeter. And maybe DeMarcus Cousins is totally healthy. Like there's more options now than there was a year ago to guard against potential injuries. But things can always go wrong. And particularly now today's NBA jazz, and you know this, stars move around every year. Um, that's been one of the most fascinating aspects of this new you know, era of the NBA is that you, when you get the stars in, it's, it's great. It looks great on paper. 
looks great on Instagram, it looks great on Twitter, you know deep down in the back of your mind that, hey, we may only have something like this for a couple years here. Paul George signed a four-year deal in Oklahoma. They gave him a key to the city in OKC <laughs> last year. Well, he's not in OKC anymore, as you know. <laughs> he, he took so, that key to Home Depot and got it remade for something on the West Coast real quick, right? So, so he didn't really want right. that key to OKC. That, that's right. He got that key remade for a nice home in Brentwood or wherever he decided to set up shop. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the point. Today's NBA, you never know. That's how short the window is. He, even Kawhi Leonard is like, well, is Kawhi going to stay with? We don't know. And he didn't. So that's the scary thing is that, yes, they can implode. And now with the way the game is and the way the sport is, all it takes is one year to implode and then to say, you know what? Yeah, this isn't for me. I'm going to take off now. So it is possible. Yeah, we saw we saw that happen with uh, with Dwight Howard here too. I know that that name kind of makes the Lakers fans shudder a little bit, but uh, uh, you know we saw that he was here and everybody thought, wow, this is the beginning of a, of a little bit of a, a, a championship run, maybe for Kobe towards the the twilight of his career and having him. And then you know we saw that he bounced after a year. I don't foresee that happening. Um, I, you know, the only way, and you mentioned it, I, I think the only way that the Lakers might just go on a, on a, on a terrible losing streak and maybe, you know, somehow miss the playoffs as if LeBron and AD miss extended time. And I'm talking 25, 30 games each, they're going to miss some time with load management. You're just hoping there's no serious injuries there. Cause when I, when I'm looking at, at, at the, the makeup of this team, it's like they have too many veterans that know how to play the game, know how the league works. And so, I mean, at, at worst, even if AD and LeBron miss a combined 25, 30 games, I, I think that, you know, worst case scenario, this, this team is still a playoff squad. What don't you think? Yeah, no, I I think so too. And with the amount of veterans now on the roster, it's guys who already know their roles, already know their place, and then can can fill in accordingly. So if there are injuries, there's not as much, let's say, uh, confusion. Whereas last year with uh, with Bi and Kuz and 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 Lonzo, they're all kind of looking at each other like, well, who's going to be the guy? Should you be the guy? Well, I'm a I'm a number two overall pick as well. Maybe I can be the guy. I, I really think that kind of played into it a little bit. Uh, so with, with older guys, you know, like Danny Green, like DeMarcus Cousins, who have been through the battles, Jared Dudley is going to be, you know, I, I don't know how many minutes Jared Dudley is going to give you on the floor, but off the floor in a locker room situation, I can't think of a better guy to sort of, you know, calm the waters and go to and, and, and you know, let guys know that, hey, AD might be hurt for a few games. We're going to be okay. LeBron might be sitting the night, but it's, it's going to be fine. It's, it's, not a, it's not a marathon. It's not a, you know, it's a long season. It's a long season. Veterans know that. Rookies don't sometimes, and, and I think that's what uh, got to the Lakers last year. And uh, I, I don't think it will this year, given the infrastructure that is now in place, because it's a lot better than it was a year ago. Oh, yeah. And, I, and it's funny. I think not having Magic Johnson's a blessing in, in, in disguise as well. I, I just don't think he was up for the job. And he was causing way too much of a sideshow and, and drama with some of his comments. And so I, I think that things are set up pretty well. And you know what? For all the flack that Plinka got, Last season, uh, he's he's done a great job, and he he went out and got got what they needed in, in Anthony Davis. Bought in that second star, was hoping to get a third in Kawhi. But I mean, o- overall, it, it's been a pretty damn good offseason for the Lakers. And I also wanted to mention for those listeners who don't know, Jared Dudley is Marcus's actual body double. They look the exact same with their shirts off. So I just want to give people that <laughs> the update on that. Uh, let's jump into something I mentioned. Uh, <laughs> something I mentioned off the top. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he was speaking with uh, Shams of The Athletic, um, and I'm quoting here again. He said, you never really thought about having our young core go through a big trade. He's referring to last season. He says, you think about growing together, growing into stars in this league together, and forming a dynasty. I never thought about change and about being the last man standing. Obviously, he is out of those young dudes that, that went to New Orleans in the AD trade. And he also said, 
Uh, we have a lot of things we wanted to accomplish in this league. It couldn't happen together, but those guys are special, referring to uh, Lonzo, B.I., and uh, and Josh Hart. And it shows you that the league is a business. So when you're hearing this from Kuzma, is that just maybe a young dude putting a little bit too much stock into what they had? Because we saw how this team was. And I think a lot of Lakers fans were waiting for them to develop, waiting for them to become this uh, this crazy dynasty because they had all those, you know, they had, you know, B.I. and uh, and Lonzo picked there at, at the top of the draft, basically. And, you know, Josh Hart, nice piece as well. But do you think that this team had the potential to become a dynasty? Uh, no. In fact, I, I saw those quotes from Kuz and I thought, well, he's putting on for his boys. That's, that's nice. It, that's really cute and, and fine and nice and cuddly and everything. But no, there's, there's no way that group was going to become uh, a dynasty. The only time that they had a stretch where people got really excited was uh, the year before LeBron, where they were already out of the race and then Luke kind of rallied them together and they played really hard down the stretch with uh, the ghost of Isaiah Thomas. And I mean, they still finished with what was it, 34, 35 wins. I mean, that's that's a long way for becoming a, you know, let alone a dynasty, a playoff contender, uh, much less a dynasty. So, I mean, you can look at it from the perspective of just, you know, one guy on his own. Like Josh Hart is a nice piece, like you said, but you should be able to find 10 or 15 Josh Harts around the NBA. Lonzo Ball, who may still be my son, apologies to LeVar, who I love. <laughs> I love to watch. I, I think he's going to do great things in New Orleans with Zion and most of that core and some of the other pieces that the Pelicans have brought in, provided he can stay healthy. I'm still a big fan of Lonzo, but obviously he had his detractors. I don't know that he can shoot better than 32% from three for his career. I don't know that he'll be able to successfully get to the rim and actually be able to shoot free throws. There's a lot of holes in, in Lonzo's game where he's, he's not a Stephen Curry type because he can't score like Steph. So that's, that's that's a big red flag right there. And then with B.I., if Brandon Ingram has one or two all-star seasons, that seems about right to me. I, I don't see him as like a consistent year over year. He starts in the all-star game every season. I guess what I'm trying to say is all these kids have tools and they had moments and flashes where it's like, well, you know, if they just do that for 15 games in a row, then they would have something. But we never saw that. It was always flashes. And when you're the Lakers, you can't have that type of flash. You got to get, you know, the big time stuff. And by the big time stuff, I mean Anthony Davis. So you add all that up, trade it in for Anthony Davis, and go from there because you know what you have. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but it's very hard to think dynasty when all those kids really were was just, well, that was nice for a couple of games. That was nice for a couple of games, but it's not enough to. A, contend in a conference, B, get deep in the playoffs, and C, for the love of God, become a dynasty because that is a very, very hard thing to do. We've just seen Golden State make five straight finals. That's impossible. That shouldn't happen again, and there's no way that those kids were going to do something like that. I can I can stake just about everything I have on that. There's no way these kids would have done that. So it's nice that Kuz is putting on for his boys. That's great. Awesome. Good for Kuz because he's a good guy, but it wasn't going to happen. We know that. Yeah, you and you mentioned the you mentioned the flashes that they showed. I mean, they had that one stretch. I remember they had the ugly loss to Cleveland on a Sunday, uh, I think in January last season, and then they beat the Bulls. Expected as they should have. The Bulls stink, right? Let's be honest with that. And then yeah, they had that yeah. nice win in OKC. 
um, in overtime where, where they came back and all the young guys kind of contributed. I remember Kuz, I think, had 30-some-odd points that game. Uh, B.I. Had a, had a good game as well. And then they lost that tough one in Houston. I think that was the ABC game that Saturday in overtime where, where Lonzo ended up getting hurt. But you're right. I mean, yeah. you, it was just too much up and down with the, with these guys. And I, I do, I mean, you, you do look at it from the outside. And you say, well, these guys are very, very young which they are. And I, and I do think that Lonzo is going to take a, take a big step this year. I think having the ball in his hand and being the primary guy, you know, running the offense and running the show and being able to throw lobs all day to Zion too is going to help. But I, I think we'll see him take a step in the right direction. Cause to me, even though, I mean, uh, Ingram had that crazy stretch last year, he was dropping like 26, 27 a game before he ended up getting sick. So hopefully he's, he's all good there too. But to me, Lonzo is the guy who has the most all-star potential. Like he ha- has the ability, I think to make a, you know, a third team, all NBA, if all things, all things being considered that he does, everything goes well. You know what I mean? Like he stays healthy. Like you said, his, his shot develops. I, I do think he has another level to reach. Yeah, no, it definitely. He definitely has other levels. I mean, like I said, this is a guy who, you know, I, I would like to see shoot consistently from three, 37, 38%. I'd like to see him consistently get to the rim and score and also be a threat at the free throw line because he hasn't really done that in his career either. If he can do all those things, we already know he's a good defensive player. We already know he has terrific instincts. We know that he's unselfish. So really, if he can just find a way to get better, you know, finishing at the rim, I, I think of Steph Curry in his early days, like early Steph, when Monte Ellis was still there, they said a lot of the same things about Steph. Like, well, he's a, he's a good shooter and everything, but he can't really get to the basket and this and that. He worked on that, and then he became Steph Curry. So Lonzo absolutely has another level to hit. And it's just having the confidence to get to the bucket. And if he does all those things, then people will start talking about him like, well, you know, he's one of the best two-way guys in the game. They'll put him up there with with Clay Thompson, with like not on Kawhi's level, but talking about Lonzo in the sense that this guy can give you everything he's got at both ends of the floor because we know that he has all the intangibles. I'm really excited to see what Lonzo can do in New Orleans. That was the one guy in the AD trade that I was upset to see go. The rest of the guys, yeah, whatever. Maybe Kuz, or uh, pardon me, maybe Brandon Ingram makes a couple of all-star teams, and maybe Josh Hart becomes a really solid rotation guy on a conference contender. That's fantastic, but like I said, you should be able to find 10 to 15 Josh Harts. That shouldn't be an issue. But I really think Lonzo can get there, and I can't wait to see if he can do it in New Orleans with Zion Williamson. That could be a team to watch not just this year, because this year they're the league pass darling team, but maybe in three or four years, they'll really hit their stride and become what we hope they can. Uh, they're going to they're going to surprise some people, man. I, I, I know. I mean, they're, they're the league pass darlings going going into the season. Of course, that could change if they stink. But I like Alvin Gentry. I think he'll run an upbeat, uh, fast paced offense. I think they're a team that could that could challenge for that eight seed. Um, if you if you look at the West, you have Golden State. I think we'll be a top six, five, six seed. Uh, ultimately, once you know Clay comes back, though, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. You got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, he, uh, Houston, Portland. Uh, OKC is not going to be very good, obviously, next season. But then it, it's like there there is room for for a team like Sacramento, who's on the come up, and a team like New Orleans. So that that'll be interesting to see. I want to do a bit of a deep dive on on, on LeBron. Let, let let's get into him, and we'll do that after this short break. All right, and we are back. So we're going to jump into LeBron James. He's under contract for two more seasons guaranteed, has a player option for that third one, making it his, his, his the final year of his uh, four-year contract. Had a pretty damn good season last year, and, I, and that's the thing. For all the struggles that the Lakers had, 
And, and LeBron did catch a lot of flack, you know, at times. He couldn't do anything about the injury first time that he's missed an extended period in his career with after getting hurt. But 27, 8, and 8. I mean, what else could the guy do last season? You know what I mean? It, it, he just didn't have the, the horses around him in order to, to bring the team up and at least qualify for the playoffs. But looking at it this season, I mean, he's turning 35 in December, December 30th when his birthday is. What do you see for LeBron this season and ultimately going forward too? Is he going to take a step back, do you think, a little bit? Or are we going to see him struggle with, with the age? Because we know father time is undefeated. Well, we've also asked very similar questions about Tom Brady for the last uh, eight or nine years. Yeah, that's and, right. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That's, that's the parallel that I always draw uh, with LeBron James is, is Tom Brady. And I know it's a cross-sport reference. and Football is completely different from basketball. And Tom Brady has decided not to eat strawberries. And when he treats himself, he has lentil ice cream with, I don't know, probably some, <laughs> some, some, non, some non-GMO mustard on top or whatever. The point is, ice cream with mustard? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, I, well, just, you know, Tom Brady's diet is nuts, okay? Like, it works for him, and that's great, but it's not something I would try. It's, it's a little out there. I, I, I don't subscribe to the TB12 method. Otherwise, I wouldn't look like Jared Dudley, okay? Yeah, that's, but, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing with LeBron, and, and you said at 27, 8, and 8. I mean, that's those are MVP numbers. Now, the difference is he could put those numbers up six years ago in Miami, but he also still had the physical juice. I remember a couple years ago, Brian Winhorst had a piece on LeBron, or at least an anecdote, and that was LeBron has found a way to conserve his energy while in the game. And I remember hearing that the first time. I thought, well, what the hell does he mean by that? But he, he really does pick his spots. The problem is he's so good that he can still give you 27 points a night. And then when you look at the box score at the end of the night, it's like, well, LeBron kind of coasted a bit. He didn't really play defense because we saw that a little bit last season. But then you look at the box score and you go, well, 29, 11, and 6. How the hell did that happen? That's <laughs> yeah. a testament to LeBron and how good he is. He can still give you his numbers. The numbers aren't even the question with LeBron. The question is, now that he has Anthony Davis with him, and Anthony Davis is not only an MVP candidate, but he's also, as you know, a defensive player of the year candidate as well every single year. With Anthony Davis anchoring the defense, with Danny Green out on the perimeter, hopefully it's, it's the Danny Green that we've come to know, and hopefully you know Danny Green doesn't have a step back or two. Um, I think that'll invigorate LeBron on the defensive end because that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, when this Laker team was struggling last year and every game they were playing, every final score, I was like, well, the Lakers played the, the Bucks tonight and the final score, 135-131. That's, that's the only way they could win games to a certain point last year. I think now that, you know, some new bodies are in there, some new blood, some new juice, and also LeBron has had, what, eight months off now? for the first time in, in, in a very long time, for the first time in eight years, he's actually had time to recuperate his body. It really just comes down to how much juice he still has on the defensive end of the floor. Because if he can somehow buy into that and tap into Miami LeBron, um, he's going to have arguably uh, an MVP season. And also everybody's dumped on LeBron due to recency bias. There was that poll from, from all the GMs, who's the best player in the NBA. Nobody said anything about LeBron James. And that's led to this campaign from, I know there's some people on ESPN and stuff. It's like, well, I bet you LeBron's sitting at home right now and he's just taking notes. And LeBron has fired off a couple of tweets. Although I know he said last year he turned into playoff LeBron and we didn't see playoff LeBron. But if he's engaged on the defensive end, the offense is going to take care of itself. And then it's going to be 27-8-8 with strong defense paired up with Anthony Davis. And that should 
lead to a lot of success for the Lakers, but he's got to be locked in on the defensive end because he was not last year, and that ultimately is uh, what hurt him. And and it allowed people to call out his effort. It had nothing to do with numbers. It was all effort for him. So that's got to be better this coming season. Yeah, if the team wins, team wins 45, 50 games last year, nobody talks about the fact that he doesn't try at all on defense. You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody would have even cared. And I, I do find that too. I think he, as a leader of the team, and this is where having AD will help, he has to set the tone, like you mentioned, especially on the defensive end, because right now this team is, is lacking guys that are that are you know at at least in the in the upper echelon in terms of being a good defenders. I mean, they have Avery Bradley. You got to hope he stays healthy. Maybe Andre Iguodala when when the bio uh, you know the bio period starts and and maybe they can get him if Memphis you know kind of goes back on on trying to get a first round pick for him. But uh, Danny yeah, Green has someone to be. That's yeah, a that's, a, that's a that's a big maybe, and 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 you look at Danny Green. He he's a guy who can who can defend as well. But the problem is, I, and I agree with you. I think I, some of the young guys were were taking uh, notes from LeBron. Now, I don't want to say notes, but taking maybe direction on in terms of how his energy was, and he wasn't showing a lot of 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 the the leadership. And I think at the defensive end, and, and like you said, I mean, dude, when you see LeBron play in person. There is just a difference with him. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like playing at the playing in high school and 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 seeing a guy who's going to go on to play Division One or a guy who's going to go play college somewhere. Yeah. He's just better than everyone. You know, and and you could just see that. Like when and you don't maybe get it doesn't do it justice watching it on TV. But when you watch him in person, he's like a, he's on a pogo stick. You know what I mean? Like the, the, how how athletic he is, how strong he is. Uh, he he can do whatever he wants on the court. So I, I and I agree. I mean, he's got to conserve his energy. He's getting up there, as we mentioned, in terms of age, and he's played you know average about thirty eight minutes, I think, for his for his career. So the guy, you know, and like yeah. you mentioned, eight straight finals. Uh, that's a lot of wear and tear on your on your body. And, and basketball is is a much different sport. You know, in terms of you need your legs, you need your athleticism. Because I, I think I'm more athletic than Tom Brady, and that's not saying a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, but when you look at um, w- when I look at him, it's like there's going to have those games next year. Like they're going to start off against the Clippers. And yeah, you're probably not going to have LeBron guarding Kawhi, but you want to see him at least step up and try and take on the challenge. And I think that's where he's going to have to take the, the bull by the horns a little bit this year. That's metaphorical from uh, from uh, dodgeball, right? That's me grabbing the bull by the yeah. horns. Anyways, it's <laughs> yeah. a random movie reference for y'all. But uh, <laughs> LeBron, uh, Le- like that's where I think he has to be engaged, especially and kind of setting the tone. For, for the rest of the guys. And like you mentioned, it's a lot older roster this year. You don't have all those young dudes around. So it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see what he's like and what type of leadership role he takes on. Or does he maybe cease it a little bit and give Anthony Davis a little bit more rope? Well, I, I think he's going to give AD a little more rope. And, and you, when we talk about setting the tone, last year it was setting the tone for young guys who, by LeBron's own admission, had never been there before, had never been in a situation like that. And I can't imagine playing with LeBron James is uh, easy from just a uh, mental standpoint. Sure, playing with LeBron physically makes it a little easier. You just go to the right spots and LeBron will find you. You can make a lot of money playing with LeBron James. But it's that mental side of things that that make it difficult. And LeBron said after one game, I can't remember if it was in Denver or Indiana or something like that, where he said something along the lines of, hey, if – you haven't been here before. I can tell basically like, that's not what he said, but that's what he was implying is that those young kids hadn't been through those battles yet. And he knew that he was in a little over his head. It was on him to set the tone for the young kids. But I don't think after he came back from the injury, he had the energy to do so. So now going into this season with AD, um, it, it makes a big difference because Anthony Davis, we've looked at him for years as a guy who, 
could potentially win an MVP and a, a DPOY in the same season. We expect great things from Anthony Davis. We have been critical of Anthony Davis because he never really won anything in New Orleans, even though the supporting cast around him wasn't all that good. They had the one year with uh, with Drew and, and with, with Rajon Rondo, and I know Rajon Rondo gets roasted plenty in Los Angeles, and that's fine and everything. But, you know, with AD here now, I'm sure LeBron has to go to Anthony, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just implied and say, look, there's going to be nights where you have to be the guy. I'm going to need you to do that. I'm not going to have everything with me for 70 games. I might have everything with me for 55, and then I might have to coast for 10 and then sit for 13 for load management. That's why not getting Kawhi Leonard was uh, such a blow for Los Angeles because the LeBron window, as we know, is shrinking. He's going to be 35, and AD is going to play for one year, and then who knows after that if having AD and Kawhi in there you know, if, if if that had actually happened, then then you're set for the next 10 years. You can rely on those two guys, and then LeBron can gracefully drift into the older Dwayne Wade role. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron kind of wants to do that now, but he knows he can't do it just yet. But he has to rely on AD to help him get there some nights. And I think AD is up for that challenge. That's what he signed up for. He's one of the rare guys in the NBA where it's like, yeah, bring it. I want to play with LeBron James. So I'm looking for that from him. But also with LeBron, I know he wants to find a way to kind of recede a little bit while still getting all the credit if they win, as we know, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. how it goes. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and, and, but he does. And last year's the first time because the team struggled so much. Last year's the first time you see him, get, you saw him getting a lot of the flack too. And, and I know the guys were, um, you know, the pundits, the, the reporters, the analysts, whatever you watch on first take and, and undisputed and all this, we're, we're talking about, you know, some of the young guys as well, not stepping up. No, LeBron took his fair share of criticism last year and, and it, it was earned. He didn't help this team develop. And I think a lot of people were looking at that too. Like he made the move to LA. Yeah. He's doing space jam too. Yeah, he's doing uh, his his multimedia projects and and all that. But uh, you know, when you look at his at his time here, and then you know, maybe three years down the road, if, if he does retire, or does he ride off into the sunset, or maybe he waits around for Bronny, hopefully to make the NBA, and he wants to try and play with him at some point. But you know, like for him, do you think this was? a basketball move for him or was it a life move? You know what I'm saying? Like, because to me, yeah, he wanted to leave Cleveland fine. That team probably wasn't going to win again. They weren't going to beat the Warriors. We know that, but uh, you know, as constructed, but like, was the move here more, is it about, you know, extending his legacy and, and giving him more of a, of a chance to win a championship because Lakers fans are unforgiven, right? I mean, we know that if you, if you don't bring a championship, you are, and he, he's been, people have been hesitant to, to accept him here. He's not at the level that Kobe will never be loved. Like Kobe Bryant is here. Uh, it doesn't matter what he does, but if he doesn't win a championship, this thing's a complete failure, right? Uh, I would say it's a failure if they don't win a championship. Yes. And I know there was a little hesitation in my voice. I, I think in the next couple of years, uh, there has to be uh, a Western conference finals appearance uh, for sure. For certain, if they can't get to a, like a conference final, if this is Chris Paul with the Clippers, then yes, it's an out and out disaster. I, you know what? That's, that's a tough question. I'll, I'll even walk that back a little bit. If they don't win a championship, I don't know that it's a failure. But it's certainly a colossal disappointment. And I know it's a very thin line between colossal disappointment and failure. But I, I think we're at a point now where if they don't, it's easy to say, well, LeBron's old. 
well, LeBron didn't come here to win. Well, LeBron came here for his family to put Bronny and, and his kids in good schools and, and Taco Tuesday videos on Instagram and to film Space Jam 2 and to, to run all his other businesses and to run his other business now in Canada that I, I don't know, you probably saw. There's another chapter of mm-hmm. Uninterrupted in Canada that's launching with uh, Scott Moore, used to be the head of Sportsnet, and Drake and, and Maverick Carter's involved. So, I mean, yeah, if, if they don't want a championship, disappointment. Is it a failure? Uh, no. I, I don't think so. However, in the next couple of years, I will say this. I'm expecting uh, Western Conference Finals trips. And if they don't do that, that is a failure. I, I think they've reached a point now where this is their this is their ceiling. They have to be a championship club. And they also have little brother in their own house <laughs> or yeah. you know, for, for a few more years anyway that, you know, could be breathing down their neck for the next couple of seasons or forever, however long Kawhi and, and Paul George remain. Uh, under contract for Steve Ballmer. So uh, with LeBron, though, I I think he came for family reasons, but I also think he was confident enough in knowing that I'm LeBron James and you can put me with anybody and we're going to be competitive and we're going to win. If he wanted to go somewhere for purely basketball reasons, maybe he goes to Houston, Philadelphia, whatever the case might have been. But I, I think he thought in his mind, as confident as he is, that he could do both. He could go there not to win, but to be competitive, really competitive, and perhaps privately think to himself, yeah, I can win a championship with B.I. And, and, and Kuz and Lonzo and these young kids, no problem. You know why? Because I'm LeBron James. So he probably thought that while also making a family and business decision, as wishy-washy as that sounds. But I will say, if they don't win a championship, I don't think it's a failure. I just think it'd be really disappointing. Yeah, it, I, you know, I, I think it's opposite of that. I think they have to win. Uh, you know, that's it. The Lakers have have two of the best five. You know, arguably five top two of the top ten for sure players in the NBA. So oh, yeah. the the, pre- the pressure's on, right? I mean, there's no yeah. And you mentioned it. You got you got uh, Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George in the same building as you, and and the Clippers are on the come up. And and I do think Golden State will have something to say when you know when April rolls around next season. But to me. I mean, you you are you want to be. He considers himself the greatest of all time. He said that on his on his show more than an athlete on uh, on ESPN. That you know, for him, that be, beating the Warriors in 2016 made him the greatest. I, I I always will say Michael Jordan is the best of all time. I I it would probably go Jordan and Brady one and one A, and LeBron would be right mm-hmm. there. Kobe Kobe would be right there. You you look at this. You I look at this as. The pressure is on. I like the fact that he's getting the guys together in workouts. I like the fact he's, he's showing some leadership there. Um, and, and, and I like the fact he seems motivated, man. I mean, I, I, I'm enjoying the fact that he's doing these little subtweets and, and trying to get at people. The only thing I do regret, though, um, and this is my family, I wish my family would have moved to Cleveland uh, when, when we were younger because then I would, hopefully would have been able to chance to get in with LeBron James and Maverick Carter and, and Rich Paul and these guys. <laughs> because I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, man, why couldn't one of my friends be, be like that? We all would have been making money. And it's, it's funny to see that because I, you know, I graduated from USC and Maverick Carter ended up doing the uh, commencement speech there, I think, a couple of weeks right. back. And it's, it's funny to me, say, and I'm not, I'm not hating on them. I mean, they've, they've all done great. But it's like, dude, can you imagine you were friends with a guy like LeBron James? You'd be set for life. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you win the friendship lottery, Jazz. And yeah, listen, you and I have won the friendship lottery. We, we will always be great friends. Are we going to have millions of dollars in the bank? Are we going to be in high-powered positions? Well, hopefully, but probably not. You know, <laughs> friendship lotteries are a funny thing. And yes, I would I would love to be in Maverick Carter's shoes. I'd love to be in Rich Paul's shoes right now, quite frankly. I think anybody would be. Um, you know how you know how we met. You know how you met LeBron, right? 
Uh, yeah, Rich Paul, that was, uh, like, like they went to the same private school or something like that. No, Rich Paul ended up meeting LeBron at, uh, at the Akron airport and, uh, LeBron, oh, went yeah, up to and him LeBron and talking about Warren Moon throwback jersey and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that piece. That's right. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah. So, Damn it. Why really, couldn't I have been there in my old Joe Montana throwback? And then LeBron would have got my, com- my information and I would have been his agent go. now. Right. And just well, to clarify things, we didn't win the friendship lottery. We won the friendship bingo. Okay, that's a lottery is a little bit too much. We'll, we'll take bingo, which is a small price, or a small little slice of the pie. But we didn't win no friendship lottery, right? Uh, Rich Ball and, and, and Maverick Carter, that, that's a friendship lottery. Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. And you know what? With your, with your outsized personality, you would have been just fine with a young LeBron James. You, you yeah. would have gotten right in there. I, I have no doubt about that. Instead, I'm... Sitting here doing podcasts and in, in, uh, talking to a guy from Vancouver right now. That's that's that shows the uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the lack of good karma maybe I had from a previous life. But uh, well, we'll wrap up on this, man. When when you look at when you look at LeBron as a whole, and 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 you look at him as as the athlete, the brand, the man. Where where do you think he ranks overall in in the greatest uh, you know in the greatest NBA players of all time? Where, how would you rank your top three or four? Let's say. Greatest NBA players of all time. You know, I don't. I don't think I've ever actually been asked that question. Um, I'm. It's so funny with us, Jazz, because we are of a certain age. We are in our 30s, so we remember not necessarily the early years of MJ, but we certainly remember the later years. I'm. I'm a little more familiar with um, post baseball because when he retired the first time in '93, I was only six, seven years old. So. I was more on board with, you know, the comeback and Space Jam and the three straight titles. And uh, when he came to Vancouver the first time and played the Grizzlies and he scored 19 points in the fourth quarter and he turned to Derek Martin and said, shut up, you little bitch. Like, that was great. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the MJ that we remember. We know that MJ. So I can understand how people that are younger than us can look at it and go, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. That's fine. That's a fine argument to have. It totally is championships, MVPs, longevity too. I mean, he's played longer than, than a lot of these guys. But it's almost like if you'd say LeBron James, you almost feel like you're going to be like ostracized or something out of mm-hmm. like the, the 30 to 35-year-old club. It's like, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? You got to get out of here with that. We remember MJ. This guy played in six finals. He didn't lose in any of them. He won a final. Didn't go to game seven either? Didn't never went to game seven in the finals no. either? No, no, he didn't. In fact, I think he played two game sevens. Like once they started winning championships, I think there were two, two game sevens during that entire run. It was ninety-two against the Knicks, and then ninety-eight, the last run against the Indiana Pacers. Pacers, yeah, that's right. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah where he and Scotty just kind of wore the Pacers down, and it was a real rock fight in Game Seven. I Final game score quite, of wow. seventy-seven, seventy-two, or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like 89, 84. That's the other thing too about watching old playoff games, even from like 12 years ago or in the fourth quarter, it's like tied at 70. And I'm thinking to myself, well, thank God we fixed basketball. I can't believe you used to watch <laughs> rock fights like that and, and really enjoy it. But no, the point is this, I can't, I can't in good conscience put LeBron one, but I'm very happy to put him two right behind MJ. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll still put MJ one, LeBron two. And then once you get to the three spot, I mean, yeah. I, I, I suppose, and listen, I'm, I'm a Laker fan. I know a lot of people in Los Angeles probably won't like this. I, I, I have no problem with putting Tim Duncan number three because uh, he did it a little longer than Kobe. He was the lead dog on more championship teams than Kobe was. 
uh, I just I just think Tim Duncan's body of work over time, because even when Tim got older, they were still going to finals. Yeah. Whereas the tail end of Kobe's career, we all know how that played out in the last six years. And quite frankly, it was a little depressing. And a lot of us don't even like to talk about it. Well, guess what? We still <laughs> it like never to happened. talk about it. It never Duncan. happened. No, it, no it, it never happened. Everything everything after 2011 is completely blocked out. Basically, you could start with the Dwight year, and everything that happened before he blew out his Achilles, or everything that happened after that, you'd be like, ah, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that didn't really happen. Yeah, that's, that's all done now. With Tim Duncan, the longevity was there. Um, they were uh, a Chris Bosh offensive rebound away from uh, six championships in San Antonio. We can't forget about that. So my one, two, three has to be MJ, LeBron, and Tim Duncan in that third spot. Kobe's out there. He's floating around. He's in my top ten, top eight maybe. But one, two, three, it's MJ, LeBron, and Tim Duncan. That's, That's interesting because I, I, would go, I would go MJ one, LeBron two, Kobe three, Tim Duncan four, and then probably Magic and, and Larry Bird somewhere in that, in, that, in that five spot. I mean, they're, they're again, there was a little bit before our time. I'm not disrespecting them, but, I mean, I, I was just a baby in the 80s, so um, – I still am a bit of a baby now, but uh, if I, if I look at it, I, I mean, I I would say that I, I would say that those would probably be my my top four because Kobe, man, he was he was a killer, and you see like you see some no, of the highlights people put up on on Twitter and stuff. Like, I mean, that dude was he could just ball, man. And when he was doing it at that age where he was just coming in and throwing stuff down over dudes, and then he developed his jump shot. I mean, he he could ball, but you're right. He had a he had a little bit of a stretch there. I mean, especially after Shaq left, those three four years they they weren't very good. Um, yeah, they got yeah, the playoffs the, uh, and the uh, the uh, the Tony Montana top of the fountain shooting at everybody years after Shaq got traded. Uh, that was that that basically summed up that run for Kobe. It was really until Pau Gasol got there. Yeah, that uh, that that he really talked. And you know, I gotta say too, Lamar Lamar Odom kind of grew into his role. Uh, by that point as well, we can't we can't discredit Lamar in those championship runs either. But I, I think with Kobe, there was too much at the end of his career where you look at it and go, oh, well, that's that's kind of depressing. So that's why I would put Duncan ahead of him, even though it kills me to do so. You know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I'm going Duncan three, and that's the only reason. It really. Well, you're is. gonna you're gonna catch some flack from people who are listening to this podcast. They 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 will know, come, they know, will come know, at you for that, right? That's that's blasphemous that you're saying that that Tim Duncan is I ahead know. of Kobe Bryant, but. Everybody has their own opinion on it, right? <laughs> well, I, listen, if all those people truly knew me, they knew that have, having to say that would kill me because believe <laughs> me, it does. No, I know you. You love the Lakers. You you always have. But uh, <laughs> it's always, always, uh, always fun having you on, my man. Uh, thanks again for doing this. Thanks so much, pal. Really appreciate it. All right, that's Marcus Fitzgerald, uh, Sportsnet 650 reporter and anchor. You can catch him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Fitzy. And uh, you can follow me as well at JazzKang21. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are anywhere podcasts are from iTunes to Stitcher to Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, SilverScreenAndRoll.com, your number one resource for everything Lakers, news, stats, opinions, analysis. We always got you covered. That does it for this episode. I'll catch you all next time.